June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Good morning and welcome to CBS This Morning. It is Friday, August 7th, 2020. I'm Jeff Glore with Jerika Duncan and Vladimir Dutier. We're going to begin with a new effort to break the deadlock and a massive new stimulus package on Capitol Hill that ended in failure overnight. Both sides remain a long way apart. The impasse continues as Americans grapple with grim new numbers on the pandemic. The reported death toll has crossed 160,000 nationwide. A model favored by the White House now predicts nearly 300,000 Americans will die from the virus by December. Although it says tens of thousands of lives can be saved if more people wear masks. Our lead national correspondent, David Begno, is following this in Miami Beach. So, David, what measures are working and what more do experts say is needed? So, Vlad, the White House says the states that have taken measures to limit indoor gatherings and large crowds are starting to see some success. Uh, here in the state of Florida, the numbers are trending in the right direction. But let me be honest with you, Florida's got a long way to go. This morning, there are warning signs that are flashing for several cities and states around the country that the White House is pointing out. And that's where we're going to begin this morning. We are seeing slow uptick in test positivity in cases. That was the White House Coronavirus Task Force Coordinator, Dr. Deborah Burks. She was talking to state and local officials on a conference call that was obtained by the Center for Public Integrity. Dr. Burks flagged nine U.S. cities as areas of concern for the White House due to high or increasing test positivity rates. The White House is also monitoring California's Central Valley. Hospitalizations and ICU rates in that region are outpacing the rest of the state. Professor Edward Flores of the University of California Merced says the people living there are some of the most vulnerable. Whether it's in agriculture or food packing or uh, transportation or healthcare, um, one out of every three workers here is an essential worker. To Georgia now, where one school, North Paulding High School, is facing national criticism over this photo that shows packed hallways and few students with masks on. School officials suspended the student who shared the photo for five days. And on Wednesday, the principal made this announcement to the school. Anything that's known on social media that is negative or light without permission, that's photography, that video, the same thing, there will be consequences. What'd you think of that? I thought that was quite like weird and just like very threatening. That young man is a sophomore who goes to the school. He says he's friends with a student who was suspended. And while he didn't want to share his name with us, he told us he thinks the school overreacted. In the handbook that the school gives us, it does say that you're not allowed to post pictures of the school online and other things like that. However, almost every single student has broken that rule before. Do they require you to wear a mask? No. Are the desks socially distanced in the rooms? No, they are not. 
Listen, the ACLU has weighed in on what's happened with those students, saying a student's First Amendment rights don't end at the schoolhouse doors when they walk in, and any attempt to punish the kids for speaking out would be unconstitutional. That's the opinion of the ACLU. Uh, Georgia is one of five states where kids have gone back to school. Some have tested positive, and notably, Jerika, at that school in Georgia, they're not only not requiring kids to wear masks, they're saying it's optional, and we'll leave it up to you to decide. Wow. David Begno, thank you very much. New numbers on America's jobs crisis are set to be released this morning. They will reflect uncertainty not seen in this country for decades. As Mark Strassman reports, it's put many Americans on the edge of desperation. It's been very difficult. Uh, I think the most difficult part is uh, still to come. For almost two decades, Rashonda Williams tended bar in a downtown Chicago hotel. But when it closed, she lost her job. Williams says now that her supplemental unemployment benefits are gone, she and her son, also out of work, risk losing a lot more. Without that, what we will get in unemployment, I can't pay rent on. And that's the scary part. Where do I end up? And not only that, I'll be losing my health care soon in the midst of a pandemic. And all of those things causes me to lose sleep at night. Chicago is among the nation's major cities with elevated jobless levels. While the unemployment rate nationally stands at about 11%, it's almost double that in New York and Los Angeles, and greater than 16% in Chicago. My life was going good. It was really going great. I don't want to be homeless. Gwen Jeter works in Atlanta, where the jobless rate is more than double what it was a year ago. In March, she was furloughed from her supervisor's job at a bakery kitchen. Then in May, without explanation, all her unemployment benefits abruptly stopped. She and her two sons have now gone 10 weeks with zero income. How much money do you have now? $3.53 in my bank. Right now, I have no kind of a lifestyle. I'm just, I'm here. That's how I feel. I just feel like I'm just here. And I'm lost. And I'm scared. What's the scariest part? Being homeless, because I've been there before, you know. I don't want to do that again. We reached out to Georgia unemployment officials. They've promised to fast track a review of Jeter's case. She could hear as soon as today. It's pretty tough to make a go of it. I'm $3.53. Vlad? And sadly, Mark, she is not alone. Millions of Americans are still struggling. Thank you very much, Mark Strassman. The fight over a bill to help struggling Americans remains stuck in partisan divisions on Capitol Hill. Democrats want a massive stimulus keeping federal unemployment help at $600 a week. Republicans want a much smaller package. The president says if there is no deal, he's prepared to take executive action as soon as today. Weijia Jiang reports from the White House. We're very far apart. It's, it's most unfortunate. Congressional Democrats and White House negotiators emerged from a three-hour-plus meeting on Capitol Hill with no deal. I would say we're closer on a lot of issues. We're still very far apart on some very significant issues. As some 30 million Americans wait in financial limbo for enhanced unemployment benefits to be restored, each side blamed the other. We could have passed a very... Uh, skinny deal that dealt with some of the most pressing issues. When they said a skinny proposal, it was anorexic. And Democratic leaders said executive action is not a solution. 
Economic recovery was billed as the theme of President Trump's trip to Ohio Thursday, where the state's governor did not greet him on the tarmac as planned after testing positive for COVID-19 just hours earlier. We want to wish him the best. He'll be fine. Governor Mike DeWine was first tested with the White House's antigen test that provides results quickly. But later that afternoon, his results were negative after taking a more sensitive test. It prompts questions about the reliability of the one DeWine received from the White House. And in an expected move, President Trump has signed an executive order against TikTok, deeming it a threat to national security. It bans, quote, any transaction with the app's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, and will go into effect in 45 days. But TikTok is fighting back. In a new statement this morning, they say they'll make sure the rule of the law is followed, if not by the administration, then by the U.S. courts. The president has threatened to, quote, close down TikTok if Mike Microsoft or another company does not acquire it, but this order does not explain how he plans to do that. It's also unclear how it will affect the millions of TikTok users here in the U.S. Jeff? Okay, Weijia, thank you. Presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden is apologizing for something he said about African Americans at a virtual conference for black and Hispanic journalists. Ed O'Keefe is covering campaign 2020. Ed, what did Biden say? Well, good morning, Jeff. The comments came in an interview that lasted almost an hour. He was asked about immigration and how he would engage with Cuba. Here's some of what he had to say. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You go to Florida, you find a very different attitude about immigration in certain places than you do when you're in Arizona. Late last night, Biden clarified the comment, tweeting, in no way did I mean to suggest the African-American community is a monolith, not by identity, not on issues, not at all. President Trump had jumped all over the comments, calling them an insult to African-Americans. And in a separate attack during his visit to Ohio, the president also took aim at Biden's faith. Take away your guns, destroy your Second Amendment, no religion, no anything, hurt the Bible, hurt God. He's against God, he's against guns, he's against energy, our kind of energy. Biden, a devout Catholic, responded by calling the president's comments shameful and said his faith has been a bedrock foundation of his life. The former vice president's propensity for gaffes is one of the reasons why the president's been pushing for them to debate a fourth time in early September, around the time that many Americans can start voting early. But the Commission on Presidential Debates has rejected that request, saying they would only offer up a fourth debate if the president and Biden agree to do so. Biden and the president now are scheduled to debate at least three times, beginning in late September. Jerika, the debate over debates <laughs> continues. Sounds like it. Thank you, Ed O'Keefe. In Beirut, Lebanon, people are protesting there against the government after a giant explosion killed more than 150 people. Demonstrators claim official corruption led to Tuesday's blast, which destroyed thousands of homes and large amounts of the country's food supply. MTS Tayeb is in Beirut, where a massive international relief effort is underway. Well, the U.S. military is racing here to help the people of Lebanon. Three cargo planes full of desperately needed supplies are on their way as grief here turns to fury. 
As darkness fell on the streets of a shattered Beirut, protesters confronted Lebanese security forces. The rage follows revelations the government knew about the 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate being stored at the city's port and did nothing despite repeated warnings from customs officials the material had been left to rot. This still smoldering bombsite has become something of a morbid meeting point for those devastated by the blast. Like Tatiana Hasruti, whose father worked at the port. She hasn't seen him since the explosion, but is convinced he's still alive. I think he's there, but I think if we uh, continue to work slowly, probably time will run out. She blames Lebanon's leaders for failing her and her father. My dad is underground, you don't know if he's breathing, if he's in pain. Families are being shattered now because of a mistake they, they did. Across Beirut are harrowing stories of survival. Seema Jelani, a Texas-born doctor, is seen here soothing her daughter in the back of a packed ambulance. Four-year-old Iman was badly injured after their home was all but destroyed in the explosion. It was um, apocalyptic scenes, dust, debris everywhere. Jelani is no stranger to conflict zones, having worked as a humanitarian aid doctor for years. But never had she seen scenes like this. I was thinking this is either something bigger than war, something is happening. Now there are growing calls to overthrow the government and mass protests are planned for tomorrow. A stark warning to Lebanon's leaders that what happened here won't soon be forgotten. Jeff. MT Atayev in Beirut, thank you very much. New York State's Attorney General is suing the National Rifle Association to try and shut it down. She accuses longtime NRA leader Wayne LaPierre and other top officials of taking money for their personal use contributing to $64 million in losses. A second lawsuit in Washington, D.C., claims the NRA's main charity misused millions of dollars. Jeff Begays looks at the alleged misconduct. That enough was enough, and we needed to step in and dissolve this corporation. New York Attorney General Letitia James claims four top executives at the NRA, including CEO Wayne LaPierre, used the powerful gun rights advocacy group as a personal piggy bank. Her lawsuit alleges LaPierre went to the Bahamas with his family by private air charter on at least eight occasions at a cost of more than half a million dollars to the NRA. It also claims he spent more than $37,000 on a luxury private hotel stay and was gifted complimentary safaris in Africa. It's clear that the NRA has been failing to carry out its stated mission for many, many years and instead has operated as a breeding ground for greed, abuse, and brazen illegality. The NRA said it would prevail in the dispute, calling the lawsuit baseless and a transparent attempt to score political points. The NRA, which has 5 million members, has been plagued by financial troubles and leadership infighting. After spending roughly $30 million to support President Trump in 2016, the group reported a $36 million deficit in 2018. Anna Masolia with the Center for Responsive Politics says the NRA is spending considerably less this campaign season. Spending into the red three years straight, and so its prospects in the 2020 election are much more cloudy. 
The NRA has filed a countersuit against the New York lawsuit, which President Trump called terrible. He also suggested that the NRA relocate its headquarters to Texas. Vlad. To be continued. Jeff Begayes, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Do you ever feel like there's nothing new in the news? You know there are urgent things happening in the world around you. But all you hear is noise. That's why we made What Next? Our goal is to tell you the stories you haven't heard before. Or maybe a different side to the story you thought you already knew all about. I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next? And I love my job because it helps me cut through the noise of the news. And then I get to bring it to you. Together, we can figure out what next. Many put their hope in Dr. Serhat. His company was worth half a billion dollars. His research promised groundbreaking treatments for HIV and cancer. Scientists, doctors, renowned experts were saying, genius, genius, genius. People that knew him were convinced that he saved their life. But the brilliant doctor was hiding a secret. Do not cross this line that was being messaged to us. Do not cross this line. A secret the doctor was desperate to keep. This was a person who was willing to cold-heartedly just lie to people's faces. We're dealing with an international fugitive. From Wondery, the makers of Over My Dead Body and The Shrink Next Door comes a new season of Dr. Death. Bad Magic. You can listen to Dr. Death Bad Magic ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.